everybody, and welcome to The Tangled Angle. I'm Janice Christensen, and here we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in government politics and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who was elected to the House of Representatives from 2003 to 2018. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. I'm sure you've noticed by now the mass migration that is going on in the United States of America. People are leaving the blue states, the states controlled by the left, and moving to the red states, the states that are controlled by the right in their state legislatures. And I have noticed it, if you read any of the data from especially moving companies, it really shows the migration that has happened since March of 2020 and our government's reaction to COVID and how each state handled the reaction to COVID. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about the difference between red states and blue states, just kind of the data and the facts. And then in the second half of the podcast, I want to talk about what I have personally experienced, kind of the feeling of what's going on, the overall atmosphere, the overall climate that you really can't measure by data of what's going on in these states. So I wanted to talk about first, what is a red state? A red state They have a conservative approach to government. They have low taxes, tough on crime. They typically are for smaller government. The job growth in the private sector has really boomed during this time. They have safer big cities. They are prospering and economically doing well overall. And they deal with their homelessness and their crime better than the blue states do. So what is a blue state? They typically have a liberal left progressive approach to government. Big government is better. Government needs to regulate everything. They have mandatory union membership often in a lot of the labor that goes on in those states. They have high taxes, property taxes, B&O tax. Here in Washington state, we have a business and occupational tax. It's called the B&O tax. And it taxes businesses on their gross receipts, not on their profits. Even if a business loses money, they still have to pay this B&O tax. Blue states have many regulations from their state agencies. They're really experiencing a job shrinkage in the private sector. They have high crime and murder rates in their big cities. And here in Seattle, last year, the CHOP or the CHAZ zone, it was the autonomous zone in the middle of Seattle And it's the first time in American history that there was a portion of a city that declared itself free from the government it sits under. They wanted to be free. They wanted to try and do their own thing. Well, it quickly fell apart and it quickly resulted in (laughs) terrible things happening. But this autonomous zone is the first time in the history of the United States that a city has ever done that. Other characteristics of blue states are they are plagued with homelessness and crime. They don't deal with their homelessness well. In fact, they encourage it. And really, economically, 
they are in meltdown. They are suffering economically. And people say, well, um, I've heard some say that they're moving to the red states because the weather is better. Well, if this was true, California has the best weather in the nation, really, year-round. And they have had a huge mass migration out of California in the last, really, few years. And adjusted for population, people are three to five times more likely to die of the virus in a blue state than a red state, regardless of mask mandates, lockdowns and restrictions and so on, what's going on. And I'm not really sure why this is. I, the data didn't really say why this is, but your health is, is not better off in a blue state. The other thing I was thinking about too is like I mentioned earlier, the migration that's happened in 2020 and 2021. And it's really hard to measure this because the US census is only taken once every 10 years. So it's really hard to get a pulse on where people are moving to and why they're moving. But the moving companies really have the best data. There's a migration report put out by one of the moving companies, and they stated that people are fleeing California for Texas and Idaho, and the top five inbound states for migration in 2020 were Idaho, Arizona, Tennessee, South Carolina, and North Carolina. These are typically lean red, lean conservative. The other difference I noticed and some of the data that I was looking at, red states versus blue states, is gun ownership. According to Guns and Ammo, the latest ranking shows Idaho holds the number two spot for the most gun-friendly state in the nation, right behind Arizona. Washington State ranked 38th on the list. The five states with the highest rates of gun private gun ownership are Montana, Wyoming, Alaska, Idaho, and West Virginia. So these are all red states. And in Washington state, a blue state, 42% of citizens owned guns, which I was kind of impressed with. I was like, oh, I didn't know that many people here in Washington state owned a gun, myself included. The other measuring stick was crime. And Washington and Idaho are right next door to each other. So I thought it would be a good comparison because you have Washington, a blue state, and Idaho, a red state that share a common border. And so we relatively have the same weather summer and winter. We relatively have the same climates. I know it's kind of a stretch if you live in western Washington, but eastern Washington and Idaho share similar weather. So I thought, well, those two factors are comparable there. Idaho had a crime rate of 14% per 1,000 people, and Washington had a crime rate of 29% per 1,000 people. So regardless of the population, Washington State has about 7.5 million people, and Idaho, I think, has about 2 million people. So taking out the population differences, Idaho has a lower crime rate per 1,000 people, 14%, than Washington State does per 1,000 people, 29%. So there's some of the statistics that I found, the differences between the red states and the blue states, but now I want to talk about just the difference in atmosphere, the feeling you get when you're in these states, the, I don't know what to call it, emotional climate, maybe. These things you can't really measure by data, you just feel them. And in Washington State, where I've lived my entire life, people, there's a heaviness here. The people look ragged, they're stressed, they look like they're living in fear, 
They're hesitant to greet people. Um, Walking down the aisle in a grocery store, people avoid each other, or you get an angry stare if you're not wearing a mask. And we've really lost the community and the camaraderie, the friendliness, the neighborliness that is so important in communities and a state as a whole. We've spent quite a bit of time in Idaho the last couple of years, and I can't explain it, and it's not really measured by data, but the people are happy. They're walking with a skip in their step. The restaurants are full. The um, people don't look harassed. They look relaxed. And granted, yes, they're busy people. They've got jobs and they've got that kind of stress, but it's, it's something that you can't really explain unless you feel it. And it's not due to the weather, like I said. Some people say, well, it's because it's better weather. Well, no, it's not. I've been to Idaho in the dead of winter and in the peak of summer. It's not the weather. And I thought about an example I could give you. And a couple weekends ago, we were in Boise. And the Boise State Fair was happening in Boise. There's a big fairgrounds there. And they were having a country western concert, and there was like 16,000 people that attended this concert. And we got stuck in the traffic before the concert. We were on our way to something else, and not one person was wearing a mask. And they were happy, and you could hear the music all around, even on the outside of the fairgrounds. And it was just amazing. People were carrying on as normal. And here in Washington State, our governor said that all school children, K through 12, in the public school system must wear a mask all day long in school. And I thought, how can this be? How can you? we share a common border and the sickness rate is about the same in a red state or a blue state? Well, what's the answer? Is their response to it? The governor and the state legislature's response to what's going on. And you know, if this was really about a sickness, the reason that we're supposed to wear a mask indoors in Washington State still 18 months into this, there would be a uniformity of approach to this virus. The southern border to our nation would be closed. And if it was really about a virus, why isn't Washington State regulating who is coming in and out of the state? And I think that would be absolutely absurd. But there's no uniformity of how they're treating this from state to state. Another example I wanted to talk about is we have some really good friends who recently moved to Arizona, and they have a high schooler, and this high schooler started school this year, and no one had a mask on. Everything's open, all sporting events are open, and no one's wearing a mask. It's by choice. In fact, the governor of Arizona signed a bill into law stating that wearing a mask must be optional. It will not be mandated. And friend who lives in Arizona said, you know, life is carrying on as normal and there's no heavy-handed government control down here and people are being able to choose what they want to do with their own bodies. She even said COVID doesn't even really exist down here. And what she meant is, yes, we realize there's a sickness going on, but we're not punishing the healthy because of it. Someone here in Washington state asked me, well, don't you feel guilty for not wearing a mask in the grocery store? And as I go out about in public and because I could unknowingly spread the virus to someone else and make them sick. And I said, no, I don't feel guilty. Now, of course, I'm going to wear a mask if I'm going into a hospital, a doctor's office, 
or any other environment like that. But just to go to the grocery store, go to the hardware store in general, in and out of different public places, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. Each person's health is up to the individual. And in my earlier podcast number 16, when I talked about the four levels of government, the lo- the four levels are the, the self, marriage, church, and civil government. I said the individual is responsible for their own health. It's not the government's job to monitor my health, tell me what to do with my body, and monitor it, where to work, what to eat, where to go, and give me advice about my health. It's none of their business. They are a civil government, and they are not part of the government of the self, the family, or the church. This is a very dangerous precedent when we as a people surrender our bodies to the government and they can attempt to regulate or dictate what we do or don't put into them. And this person also asked me, well, don't you want to wear a mask to protect grandma, to protect the vulnerable among us? And the guilt they're attempting to use to guilt or shame us for not wearing a mask is false because I'm not responsible for grandma's health. Grandma is responsible for her own health and what she wants to do with her own life. And accepting a mask mandate, especially since we're 18 months into this, is about giving up our personal choices and surrendering our personal responsibilities to the government. And I believe this is why a lot of people have fled the blue states and gone to the red states, not because they do or don't want to get the gene therapy injection and not because they do or don't want to wear a mask. It's because they want the choice to do it or not do it. Now, COVID is real. I'm not saying it's not real. It's a very bad flu. It's it's a very bad virus. I get it. But there's really two issues going on here. One is, yes, we're dealing with a bad virus. I would prefer the government, if they're really going to meddle in our health, is to talk about take zinc, take vitamin C, take vitamin D, exercise, and all the things that we need to do to stay healthy and to boost our own body's immunities. But there's no money in that, so of course they're not going to say that. But the other issue going on here is about preserving our freedoms and liberties as a republic under the Constitution. Benjamin Franklin was a signer of the U.S. Constitution in 1787. He signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776. He was the first U.S. Postmaster General He said way back then, in the late 1700s, that, quote, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety, end of quote. What he's saying here is that if you give up hard-earned liberty by those who fought and died to gain the freedom and liberty, someone established that liberty for us, They fought tyranny and totalitarianism to give us a country and its freedoms, resisted this tyranny from which they wanted to break free of, that if someone is willing to give up essential liberty to purchase a little bit of temporary safety, they don't deserve either. They don't get it. They don't appreciate the liberty that they do have here in the United States of America. They don't appreciate the gift of living under such a beautiful form of government that gives us our freedoms and liberties. So the difference between the red states and the blue states is political. It is not about the virus. If it was about the virus, 
the southern border would be closed, and each state would be handling this in a similar fashion. And wearing a mask and getting the gene therapy injection by coercion and force is not what a free republic does. That's tyranny. So if you're living in a blue state like me, I want to give you some hope. Traveling this summer, we've been through Arizona, Utah, a little bit of Nevada, Idaho, and of course, Washington State. I want to give you some hope that there are a lot of states out there that get it, that still experience freedom, that still honor our freedoms and liberties. Obviously, it can be measured economically. It can be measured by property tax rates and private sector tax revenue and so on. But there is a real happiness and joy in the red states. People are happy. The people are friendly. Um, We've been greeted in the gas stations and the grocery stores and all about. And so if you haven't traveled out of Washington state or out of a blue state for a really long time, I highly encourage you to travel through a red state. Now, I'm not saying everybody in a red state's amazing, but what I'm saying is you will feel this climate, this happiness, this I call it a spiritual climate of what's going on. Are the people free and experiencing liberty and freedom? Or are the people oppressed and feeling heavy and they look ragged and and haggard and tired? And the reason this is, the reason that we have the beautiful differences between these states is how the founders set up the United States of America. And they allowed a bit of state sovereignty, even though we have a federal government, between states that governors and state legislatures still have a lot of control over what happens in their state and within their state's boundaries. And this is a very good thing. I am so excited to announce that I have my own website now, thetangledangle.com. So there you can learn more about me, you can contact me, and please send me your comments. Please send me your questions. And I'm always looking for topic ideas that you would possibly want addressed. So my new website is thetangledangle.com. You can learn about me there. And I'm so excited. I've been working on this for a couple of months, and it is ready. I'd love to hear from you. Please give me some feedback and let me know what you think. You can find me on Facebook at Janice Christensen and on Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram at Janice Christ, J-A-N-I-S-K-R-I-S-T. J-A-N-I-S-K-R-I-S-T.